How's the Lighthouse of Hope Church doing this morning? Everybody, you came to hear a word from the Lord, I hope. Not from me, from the Lord. Can we stand together? Man, the Lord is so good. He said, I feel like I don't even have to preach today. I, I just know the Lord has ministered to you and uh, hopefully this is just the icing on the beautiful cake that God has established for you today. We can open up our Bibles to Matthew 16, verse 13. I want us to stand and read the word of God together this morning. I've been talking about the one in the middle. Who's the one in the middle? Jesus. Jesus is our only hope our firm foundation, the anchor for the soul in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the world, the darkness. Jesus is our only hope, church. Why don't you just take a second? I feel like we need to stop right here, close our eyes, and remind ourselves that Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. In the midst of unanswered questions, in the midst of storms and chaos, Jesus is our only hope. God, remind my soul. Remind my soul today. Maybe you woke up and the kids were just extra today and you just barely got here. Praise the Lord. The Lord has a word for you this morning. It's not a coincidence that you're here today. He is the master orchestrator of all things. And we believe that he's orchestrating things for his children right here and right now so that you can receive from the Lord. And the Lord... It ain't about me, but he's protected my mind enough to come here and bring a word that would encourage you today. And I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you that even though sometimes I get more anxious than I was when I played football, preaching, Lord, that you've came through every time and you've been faithful and you will be faithful again. Let's read the word together about Jesus. I love reading about Jesus. Matthew 16 is where we are. If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. That's what's up. Remember, you can interrupt me. You can say amen. You can clap. You can have a praise break. You can dance. I ain't worried if you interrupt me, okay? Here we go. And we don't have, we don't have to read it out loud together. It just, sometimes it just doesn't work. So I'll just read it, but you're reading along with me. We're standing reading the word together. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? What about you today, where you come from? You're standing there in a thing we call church. We all come in from different places, different seasons of life, circumstances, things not happening, things happening. Who do you say he is? Because the answer to this question changes everything. And the Lord wants to build his church, yes, but he wants to build it a certain way on a certain foundation. So I ask, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered in verse 16, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the anointed one, the set apart one, if I might add the one in the middle. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, fisherman, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates 
of Hades or hell or the realm of the dead will not overcome it, amen? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus wants to build his church today. So we say, build it, Lord. Not based on our preconceived ideas or what we want to be comfortable in our preferences. But Lord, yours. We want you to build your church and whatever it takes to do that, God, we want, we want it to happen. I wasn't, I wasn't quite gonna go there yet, but I, during COVID, just ask the Lord to help you with this. Build your church, right? That's our prayer today. God, right now, when, when the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff happened, I'm not gonna go political here today, but here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I do not wanna pour my spirit out on just a white church. I do not wanna pour my spirit out on just a black church. I want to pour my spirit out on my church, the red blood church. And if you got red blood, I want to pour my spirit out on you. And in the last days, God's calling us to stand united and stand together. And he wants to build his church. Come on, somebody. He wants to build his church. We believe it. Come on. And so we start somewhere. And he wants to start with you. We're not looking to the right or to the left right now. We're looking at you. I'm looking at me. When the Lord poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, what happened? They began to speak in other languages and other tongues, right there declaring this church goes beyond a nation or a state. This church goes beyond a tribe or a color. I want to reach out and I want to expand out. So I'm gonna give you the ability to expand and to reach. This is about the Lord and his bride. And I wanna be a part of what he wants to do. So we don't have all the answers, but we listen. Isaiah 30 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. The Lord is the master builder, the architect, qualified to build our lives and build the church. He wants to build his church and he wants to start with you. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Come on, would you ask the Lord, speak to me? Come on, ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. Show us the way, Lord. We love you. We honor you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. You guys know I work for Wharton Home Improvements. A little shout out. Can I be honest with you? There was a time when I was a terrible construction worker. <laughs> Dad, testify, I was. We would come, <laughs> we would come after workouts. We, me and Tyler, we would work out at Allegheny um, in the morning, and then we would go to help Dad and Pat for Wharton's construction. And uh, we were not good at all. I mean, we were not, 
I don't know if I lacked vision, I, la- I lacked desire, I fell off ladders. I mean, I still, I still fall off ladders, right? <laughs> I guess I just didn't understand what I was doing. We were the gophers though, Tyler and I. You ever been a gopher? Go, go get this, go get that, go get that, go do this. I guess that's how you have to start out and learn. But you know, it wasn't until after college, about 22 years old, when I started kind of seeing the clear benefits. And as I was sharing to Chantel, she said, now make sure you tell them when you were 22, you weren't good either. <laughs> I mean, when we got married, you're just YouTube and learning enough to be dangerous, essentially. Anyone been there? Yeah, that's kind of a scary place. But, uh, you know, you start to see the benefits. I'm like, man, my wife likes that I can do this. You save some money. Um, you start to see where the business could go. Dad's a dreamer. And so I start to see all the, the benefits. You can fix this. You can repair that. You can do this. And everything changed when I started to have just a little bit of vision. Just a little bit of discipline. And my ability to learn, it was great. And now I've become... A decent worker, Dad, right? I'm decent. But I love new construction. I love building from the ground up. These additions were on. I love, I love new construction, right? It's cool to remodel a house and fix it up, but you ever, you ever done new construction from the foundation and the framing and you see it all, you see it all developing? It's really cool. Well, I was thinking about that, you know, as we're doing that, about the Lord wanting to build. And that song build it from the ground up. You know, the Lord wants you to co-labor with him in building this thing called the church. Man, he wants us to be a part. He is the master builder with perfect vision. His desire is unmatched. The potential he sees in building his church, unparalleled. And he wants us to play a part. Even if we can't fix a shutoff valve or something. The Lord wants us to play a part. How? You give him your all. You give him everything. He wants to start with you. There was a time, and I still pray this, but Lord, let revival happen in our church. And if you need a place to start, right here. And I want you to say that this morning. Lord, whatever you want to do to build this church, I'm open. If nobody else is open, start with me. Start right here. I don't have much to offer, but here's the cards. Here's the things that you've given to me, and I give them back to you. Help me to steward them, whatever you want me to do. I want to equip, equip you today. The job of the pastor is to equip the people for ministry. Do you know you're supposed to minister? You have a job. We are the church, right? Amen. So the Lord wants to build his church, but where he wants to start is you. We're gonna talk congregationally, we're gonna talk as a group because it goes beyond ourselves. But ultimately, he wants to start with you. Craig Rochelle says, if the leader gets better, everybody gets better. I'll say, if you build the individual, you build the church. So if you seek the Lord, if you chase after the Lord, if you long for the Lord and the things of God and steward and, and serve, watch what God builds as the church because he's building your life. He wants to build your life today. Where do we start? We start on the rock, the firm foundation. Let's look back at Matthew 16, verse 16. Well, 15, Jesus says to the disciples, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Joseph. Jonah, sorry. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, he, listen, this is, this is just so cool. We start on the rock, right? So he changes Simon's name to Peter. And he calls him a rock. On what? On the, on the faith in Jesus. And he says this, on this rock, Peter, I will build my church. 
On this rock, I will build my, what, what's he talking about? You know, you've, he- you've heard things maybe in the Catholic church where they say St. Peter and he's established the rock on Peter, but it's pretty clear that it's on Jesus. The rock is on Jesus, but he doesn't exclude Peter from being a part. I will build my church on myself, on Jesus, but I'm gonna change your name to be a part of what I wanna do, the rock. So he wants you to play a part. He wants Peter to play a part. He wants us, even the wavering people that we are, the struggling people, the imperfect people where we find ourselves. The Lord wants to call something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. When we say, I declare you're the Messiah, you're the anointed one, you're the only one for me, he changes our name. He says, I'm gonna call you rock, even though you don't see it. And I'm gonna establish my church on faith, but through you on faith. Through you on faith in Jesus. And the Lord today wants to make it close to you. He wants to pinpoint you and say, your faith in Jesus is how I want to establish the church, and it's through you. It doesn't exclude you from my work, what I wanna do. It starts with the rock, the firm foundation. You can't start anywhere else. This is the one in the middle, Jesus. He is the only firm foundation for your life, brother. He's the only way you can start. Have you ever heard the wise man build his house on the rock and the wind and the waves came and the house still stood? Both houses, the wind and the waves came, the one on the sand and the one on the rock. But the only difference was how they came out the storm on the other side. Your foundation has got to be on the rock. As a church, our foundation has got to be on the rock. Then it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter about COVID. Even though it's important, it's significant, it doesn't matter. Our foundation is on the rock and we're immovable in Jesus' name. And individually, in your life, in your family, God wants you, as for me and my house, Joshua says, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I can't speak for everybody else. The Holy Spirit doesn't give me other control. He gives me self-control. So help me, Lord, to build my house individually on the rock. And that's where we got to start. Number two is you and him build the house. And there's creative license here. It's not you and the pastor. I don't want to sound individualistic, but I do want to sound empowering. You know, the same power, we talked about it last week, that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you. The temple, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do we believe this, church? The priesthood of all believers, not just the pastor. I don't have to speak to God for you. You have an intimate relationship with God. You have the ability to come into intimacy with him beyond the veil into the most holy relationship with God. You and him build the house. There's this story that Craig Rochelle shared and I wanna I want take it from him. But there's this story about this hard worker in this business. He was, he was the best foreman they had. And, the, and he told everyone, I'm, I'm about to retire. I've been working for 40 years. The year he's about to retire came and he's working hard. He's telling everybody, hey, the end of this year, I'm retiring. Six months goes by. Hey, six months, I'm retiring. Four months, I'm retiring. Anyone been there? Not me. I, yes. <laughs> Three months, I'm retiring. Two months, one month, I'm retiring. CEO comes up to him and says, hey, man, can you build me one more house? <laughs> You've been so significant to us. You meant so much to us. Can you just build me one more house? And the guy's like, I told you guys 12 months ago and you come to me with one month left. So he's like, all right, I guess I'll build the house for you. So what's he do? He cuts corners. He does like the, the shoddiest work he's ever done. And uh, nobody really knows like except him. He knows the work that he's putting in and stuff. And he's like, and I'm just gonna try to get it done. Apparently the, the subcontractors that he chose were like not trustworthy guys, whatever, but he just had them just, just finish the job essentially. So the CEO comes, the job's all done. And the CEO doesn't know any different. He's just like, man, amazing job, amazing work. And he grabs the keys 
And he said, this is your house. <laughs> we, wanna, we wanna bless you with your house. <laughs> Amazing, but now he's gotta live with it. And what we don't realize oftentimes is each one of us are building our own house. What do you want to build it on? How do you want it to look? You see, because God created you and the Bible says that he sets you apart before you're in your mother's womb. And he has a specific plan, purpose for your life. And you would trade that for, or you would not give him your all because something's better or, or the phone's calling your name or the person that is in your life that isn't good for you or... You and him build the house. He wants to build the house and you're building a house you're gonna live in, man. The decisions that you're making, there's beautiful grace in the mercies of God, but there's also consequences in the universe that he's designed that we cannot get out of. Help us, Lord, to play our part. Help us to take you up on your offer that you wanna co-labor with us in building our lives. Psalms 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires that you didn't even know were there. It doesn't say work your hardest and strive your best and then he'll reward you. That's all well and good, but he actually says delight and everything you do, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the true desires, the ones that he had before you were even born, he has them for you. And then number three is use the keys, man. Use the keys. It says, I will build my church, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes, the called out ones, ecclesia, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Come on. You, not the pastors, you, plural. I will give you who has the Holy Spirit the keys to the kingdom. The open door, whatever door's in front of you, use the keys, man. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The Lord has things in store for us. He is the ultimate creator. But what this means, we speak and we release what the Lord has. That's why we say, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What he is doing right now in heaven, we say, be released in Jesus' name. We want it to be released. And the only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by my might or my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By his spirit working in each one of us. Imperfect people. Sons and daughters of the king. He builds it. We release it. He builds it. We release it. I want to build my kingdom. Release it, Lord. Release it. The Bible says in Isaiah 54 that no weapon forged or fashioned against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me. Declares the Lord Almighty, the great I am. Son, daughter, family, dad, mom, husband, wife, Single person, you stand on that word, I'm telling you, even when you don't see it. Even when you don't feel it emotionally, even when the things have gone completely other, otherwise, we believe that we have the keys and no weapon formed against will prosper in Jesus' name. Build your church today, build your church. What will happen now 
will be imparted in your life and will be something so dynamic, so powerful and life-changing, it will influence the heavens. That's what Jesus says he wants to do in our lives. The master builder. He wants to build your life into the structure it was always intended. And there's a part you play in the body, a need, a usefulness, a servant leader. Only you can do this part. Only you can play the part God has desired. See, see this is where we can kind of get, get off in the church. We, we say the pastor's not doing this or someone's not doing this. And the reality is, if God has placed it on your heart, maybe you're the one. If you're not seeing something happen that you so desperately long to see happen in the church, maybe you're the one that's disobedient. There are, there are things God has placed, what, what does it say? We talk the gifts of the, the spirit and, and the use according to your gifts. If you have the gift of preaching, preach. If you have the gift of healing, heal. All those types of things. If we're not seeing it manifest, maybe it's not the pastor that's disobedient and it's, well, we're called to be the body. Silence. I don't want to be the reason why it doesn't happen in the church is because I haven't played my body part. Why the hand's not functioning the way, I'm not, I'm not going to point to somebody else. I'm going to say, Lord, search me. Lord, try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. That's what David said. And that's what we need to ask the Lord. If things aren't happening, God wants to build his church. I believe there's no substitute for your life. The Lord is the master orchestrator and he can orchestrate things when we are disobedient and all those. But I believe the Lord has a plan for you to be a part of the church and to serve. What is, is this what I want you to say to the Lord today? What do you have for me, Lord? <laughs> I know you got something planned. Help me to be a part. Help me to play my part. Come on, somebody. Help me to play my part. We're called to steward our gifts. And if we're not manifesting, we're not seeing it manifest. I wonder, help us all to ask. Help us all not to, man, you hear that? You hear that? You're supposed to be doing this. No, 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 no. I look, I look right here. I'm not called to judge them. They'll, they'll, stand, they'll stand before God too. Where, where am I on this? What am I gifted with? What has God given me? Am I stewarding it for his kingdom or not? Well, you have breath in your lungs that you got a steward. You got your heart that's still beating. So there's gotta, there's gotta be a reason why you're here, still here today. You, you come into church to hear the encouraging word of God and God's calling you, God's speaking to you. Man, get, you have a plan and a purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, man. He ain't done with you yet. Can I remind you not to quit? Can I remind you to stand up under the power of the Lord and declare, God, whatever you want, it may not be the way I pictured, but Lord, whatever you want to do, do it in me. But we know that it's a process. Life is about processes, right? It's not the end goal, it's the journey. It's where we're walking. And you must understand that though in this process, it might get a little uncomfortable. Build your church. I want, to, I want to steward what you've given to me, Lord. Just know, in the midst of this process, it may be a little uncomfortable. Jeremiah 18. You can turn in your Bibles. I'll give you a second to turn there. We want the Lord to build his church. And if you need to start somewhere, start with me. We went to Mr. Toad's Pottery. Is that what it's called? Chantel? I, I knew that I was going here. I was like, she wanted to do it. And I was like, let's go. But I thought, I thought I'd be sitting at the wheel doing the thing. <laughs> that, that wasn't what I was doing. I was painting a little figurine thing. <laughs> it's cool though. It's really cool. I wanted to be the potter. Man, story of my life. <laughs> That'll preach. I wanted, I wanted to be the potter. You're the potter, Lord. <laughs> Listen to this, though. 
This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot. You see that? Shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, said, can I not do with you, Israel, my people, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. I don't claim to understand what he means by it was marred in his hands. But what I know is something happened that created this piece of clay to be defective. And the potter had to take it in his hands, take it in his control, and make it as seemed best to him. And so I ask you today, do you trust him? Do you trust your life in his hands? And it might get uncomfortable, but do you trust your life in his hands? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hand. Make what you want, Lord. Make what you want, Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But Lord, I want to trust you with some of my heart, but not all of it. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your, no, God, I want to I lean a little bit on my understanding. I want to figure it out a little bit. Lean not on your own understanding. God, I want to control it. God, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Someone needs to remind yourself of this verse that everybody declares and everybody knows, but right now you need to know it and the Holy Spirit needs to speak to you. Right now, let him comfort you with these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways Submit or acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And the verse for Wharton Home Improvements is Ephesians 2, 10. We are God's handiwork, or God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do, for you to do. You are God's handiwork. You are what God is creating and molding and transforming into the likeness of his son, who he wants you to be. Get, stay on the potter's wheel, I say to you, and let him create the masterpiece he so desperately desires to form your life into becoming. Stay on there. Even though it's uncomfortable, allow him. Say, I trust you, Lord. Mold me into the person you want me to be in this refining process. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. It's a process. We know it is. Help us, Lord. But it's all about you. And remind us that it's always been about you. We're talking about ourselves and building, building our lives. But Lord, help us to know, right, that it's all 
about him. That's what we're talking about, the one in the middle. Be reminded today, be encouraged today, it's all about Jesus. And Luke, it says this, Luke 9, just want to tell you that it's all about Jesus. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went on to a mountain to pray. That's pretty cool. Jesus prayed, a reminder that we need to pray. If Jesus prays, we need to pray. We need to seek the Lord. We need to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. That would be a cool sight, wouldn't it? They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but then they came fully awake. They saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said, hey, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He didn't know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. The disciples, or, or I'm sorry, when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. This ain't about the prophets. This ain't about Moses, it never was. They were testifying about the one to come. Who was the only one worthy to open the scroll, break the seal. I hear him crying, is anybody worthy? And they say, behold, the Lamb of God in the center. He is worthy. He is worthy of your life today. He is worthy of your entire life. He's worthy of your intellect. He's worthy of your understanding. He's worthy of all your doubts, all your fears, all your frustration, all your depression, anxiety. He's worthy of your kids. He's worthy of your wife, your household, your finances. He's worthy of everything. He's the only one worthy. Jesus, the one in the middle. Help us, Lord. Come on. Come on, just worship him right now. Help us, Lord, to see you clearly. Build my life. You're worthy to build my life. I want to give you all of me, Lord, not just a part, not just half-hearted, Lord. I want to give you all, even when I don't understand. God, even when I don't have it all figured out, Lord, you have it. Take my life. Do what you want with it. In Jesus' name, do what you want with it. Do what you want with it. Come on, young people. Carter up top, Lucas. There's, there's young people all over. Tell the Lord, do what you want with my life. You have the same Holy Spirit that I have. We have the same Holy Spirit that Peter, James, and John had. Come on. Dream. Where's the big per people praying? Where are you praying? Big dreams, big ambitions, big visions. He can do immeasurably more in your life, brother. He can do immeasurably more than all you ask, think, or even imagine. He always does. That's what he does. And if you keep your life from him, you keep your life from being blessed. You keep your life from multiplying and expanding for his glory. Give him your all. Lance, give him your all, man. Give him your all. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to get on that wheel, man, and let the potter make into, make into your life what he wants to make. Mm. Build our lives, Lord. But we have to remember that we're part of a bigger picture, a bigger building, the church, which is outside this building, which is in this building, but it's outside. It's beyond these walls. We can't just be a church that focuses on ourselves, right? We focus out. What the Lord does in here, he does so that we can take it out. Amen. 
called a bigger picture, your heart and soul, mended to your brothers and sisters, reaching the lost, serving the kingdom, walking in power and love, not afraid. Together, we are the church, and we are in this together. So what is our vision, our motivation, our aim? Well, the first church, Acts 2, and I'm almost done. Acts 2 is where we look. So we say, God, build my life. You're qualified to build my life. But now how does this fit in the greater scheme of things? How does this fit in the LOH church as a body? This is, this is the church. This is the motto of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with all of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, not just the people, but those who were being saved. What an awesome church. Perfect church? No, never. Healthy church? Yes. And they couldn't do it. They could not do it without the power of the Spirit. This is, this is where we can a little bit get off. We go, is there a process and a plan, or are we spontaneous by the Holy Spirit? And it's and and both. There is a process there is a plan, there is a system that the Lord has set in place for these people. But without the touch of God on it, man, it, was, it would be limited. It would essentially be paralyzed. I mean, the, there would be a ceiling on it. But mixed with the power of the Spirit and their connection and their fellowship and their discipleship and their servitude, and they're going in evangelism. The Lord added to their number daily those, I love that, those who were being saved. We are a family, a family that brings hope, the lighthouse of hope, that brings life. Even if you are fatherless, come find a father. Even if you lost your mother or your brother, come find comfort here by the power of his Holy Spirit through each one of us. You need something, we have it for you. A family, a church home, a resting place. And it's every tribe, every color, every nation. Help us, Lord. Build the individual, we build the church. We have the keys to the kingdom. The Lord is building his church. May we release it, because we have the keys. Construction worker, you have the keys. Nurse, you have the keys. Janitor, you have the keys. Mechanic, you have the keys. If I didn't say your job, you have the keys. <laughs> My mind's limited, <laughs> sorry. Lifeguard, man, hopefully it's gonna be nice here soon. Lifeguard, you have the keys. Martin Luther says this, this life is not godliness, but growth in godliness. Just say a lot, just think about this. Not health, but healing. Not being, but becoming, not rest, but exercise. We are not now what we shall be, but we are on the way. The process is not yet finished, but it has begun. This is not the goal, but it is the road. At present, all does not gleam and glitter, but everything is being purified. Whatever you're going through, wherever you find yourself, maybe you're that gold, which all of you have a piece of gold. All of you are gold. All of you are precious in his sight. And you could be that piece of gold going through the fire right now. Just know that he's purifying you. He is purifying you. My final thought, number one, is everything doesn't belong. Everything, the band can come up, but through this refining process, church, there's been some hard situations, hard seasons, 
I just want to leave you with a few points. A few, sometimes I just like leaving with you a few just to take home with you. Talk to your wife about them. Think about them. Talk in your life group about them. Some of these thoughts, these ideas. And we're talking about building ourselves, building the church. Number one is this. I don't mean people. You come, you feel welcome, you belong, we love you. But in your life specifically, remind yourself that everything doesn't belong. Sometimes less is more. Oftentimes less is more. Allow him to simplify your life and take out what doesn't belong. I'm just being obedient to the Spirit. This is what he told me to say. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, but I just wouldn't want to trust the Lord. Let him refine you. Refine you. Let him sift. The Lord's building his church. Let him sift. We don't have to be the judge. We don't have to do the sifting. Let him sift. And so much in the Christian faith, I don't want to oversimplify it, but is a singular focus. It's focused on Jesus. Him as our top priority. Let's get the eye of the tiger back. The edge. Lay aside and fix. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and sin that so easily entangles, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him, he had vision. For the joy set before him, for the joy set before him. It was hard now, but the joy set before him. What did he do? He endured the hard situation. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God. We fix our eyes on Jesus and Jesus gives us vision. Jesus endured the cross, how? Through the joy set before him. Everything doesn't belong. Who's around you? Who's in your circle? Who's here? Commit to them, live with them, give, you, give your life for them, your brothers and sisters. You are the church, be the church. Number two, boundaries are good. Clear boundaries give a sense of peace. The Bible says it's for freedom that Christ has set you free, so don't be bound again by a yoke of slavery. Boundaries give you the freedom. When you have a schedule, you know when to stop. You don't have to worry about when to stop. A schedule gives you peace. Boundaries are good. You don't waste your energy. And saying no is important. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to a million other things, right? So when you say yes to, you get it. Jesus is the one, and now we set our priorities accordingly. My wife and my, fam my, wife and my family, my wife first, my husband first, Jesus is the priority, but this is how we're setting it. Then my kids. Let's get back to boundaries are good. And boundaries, when you say no, boundaries actually gives you more time for others who need you. Can't be doing everything. This life's too short. I tried it before. I tried after school to be a a trainer, a construction worker, a pastor, <laughs> everything under the sun I wanted to do. You can't. It's how you're going to be the husband that you want to be. How you're going to be the dad. Boundaries are good. It's important to have boundaries. Number three, trust the process. This is not a 40-yard dash. It's a marathon. Are you in it for the long haul? Then let's go. We want to develop the church into the bride God desires it to be. Why are you here today? How can you serve? How can you be a part of the building process? Trust the process. Remember the potter and the clay? Trust the process. Number four, the rock is in you. The rock is in you. The rock is in you. Don't let the enemy speak to you and say, you're, a wa you're just a wavering man. How can you declare that he's the rock of your soul? He is. Just come back, just return. Say, Lord, I, I, I wanna build my life right here, right now on the rock. 
and I want to be a part of this church and help this church build what you want to build in us and through us because we believe as we establish ourselves on the rock of Jesus that the gates of hell will not prevail and the gates of hell is coming on our kids and our families. You got to see it, man. So we got to stand up, rise up and declare the word of God and protection as a head, hedge over our kids, over our families, over our youth, over ourselves. Jesus, we need you. The rock is in us, the firm foundation, the mighty fortress, the unshakable ground, and we need to tap into it. We need to tap into it. The rock is in you and you have a major role in building the church. You have an indispensable role in building the church. So we ask as we stand, let's stand together. And we sing this awesome song, Build Your Church. And I want us to declare with such boldness, man, I want us to shout. I want us to, to sing in victory a war cry, believing, man, the work's been finished, what Jesus done. We just need to tap into it. We just need to let him do what he's come to do, what he wants to do. Do it, Lord. So we pray, Holy Spirit, build your church. May we release what you want to do in our midst. You are ready. Help us to call it out. Master builder, we are ready to play a role in your masterpiece. Start with us. Start with me. Have your way in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen to the Lord. Let it be, let it be. Come on, let's sing together.